Pastor Ray Bentley has lessons on faith today from the healing of the blind man. The blind man cries out, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And when that man let it rip, Jesus stopped teaching and said, you have my full undivided attention. When you are that honest with your emotions, you have the undivided attention of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have just entered into miraculous faith. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return the whole gospel to the whole world. Some think faith is connected to reverence, and reverence is connected to quietness, and quietness connected to stillness. Well, we'll shatter that myth today as Pastor Ray shows us the active, vocal, boisterous faith of a certain blind man. We'll see it caught Jesus' attention. Luke chapter 18, beginning in uh, verse 31. It says, then Jesus, This is after he said all things are possible to them. Then he took the 12 aside and said to them, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles and he will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Now look at verse 34. But they, the disciples, I mean, could Jesus have been any more clear or direct uh, about what he is explaining is about to take place? But in verse 34, but they understood a few of these things. Is that what it says? What does it say? None of these things. This, guys, this is the whole thing. This is the whole reason he came. This is the whole gospel, the death and crucifixion and resurrection. They understood none of these things. And then listen, this saying was hidden from them and they did not know the things which were spoken. Jesus is now making his way to the cross. He begins, he tells his disciples plainly what is going to happen awaiting the cross. I wanna talk for just a moment about two kinds of courage. There are two kinds of courage. There is the kind of courage of those who are, you know, something that comes out of the blue, it comes suddenly, uh, it's an emergency, it's a crisis, and a man or a woman responds to that crisis in the the moment of time and and acts in, in a way that is right or heroic, or they react or they respond in a way that is able in some way to save the day or be something spectacular. That is one form of courage and one to be admired. Somebody in the thick of battle with with things that have happened unexpectedly or coming blindside. But there is another kind of courage. And I want you to think most especially about this second kind of courage. There is another kind of courage that comes from a man or from a woman or for someone who knows something horrific that is about to happen. 
They know that it's before them. They know that they can't go around it. They can't go over it. They can't go under it. And rather than running or dodging or diverting or running backwards, they move ahead. Knowing that they are literally about to have the most devastating of all experiences. And yet in light of this, instead of running, they not only move forward, they move forward steadfastly, passionately, intensely, and with purpose in every step. Now may I say to you that in my mind there is no question which version of these two kinds of courage is the most to be admired. Which of these is the higher courage? It is the man or the woman who must go ahead even though something inevitable before them is going to wipe them out. Here is Jesus who sees the cross and who sees crucifixion. Now, I want to make just a couple of points about the cross and about crucifixion. Number one, Jesus had seen crucifixions himself personally. For that matter, so had the disciples. Jesus had personally no doubt seen it. It was something that was part of the Roman way of doing business in a foreign occupied territory that was a hotbed of revolt and revolution and political you know, backlash, which the Middle East was then, and no surprise it is still, to this very day and hour. And Rome did this, they didn't hide it. The purpose of crucifixion was to be public on the main roads and to strike fear into anybody who would resist Rome's power and Rome's authority. Jesus, therefore, as now the Son of God and the Son of Man, who had seen the brutality, he had seen the, the rawness of crucifixion, he had seen the nails, he had witnessed the beatings, and he knows that this is for him. Now others who did things and then eventually get caught, no other human being knew what was before them. Only Jesus uniquely not only could know what's in front of him, but was able to predict it. It had been prophesied. And yet he went forth anyway. I would say that even if Jesus was nothing else. He would still be one of the most heroic figures of all time just for having gone knowingly to Jerusalem there to be crucified. But he is far more than that as he rose from the dead on the third day. Now let me ask the question, why couldn't the disciples see this? Why couldn't they grasp this truth? Well, it does say an interesting verse in verse 34, they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them. That doesn't mean permanently. It means at the moment they were not able to see it. But why? We have to ask the question, why? And one of the answers is that they were so obsessed and steeped with the ideas that the Messiah would be a conquering king, that surely Jesus will do the same when he gets to Jerusalem. They had also witnessed his power. They had witnessed his authority. Jesus could talk to the wind and it obeyed him. Jesus could talk to the raging seas and the seas obeyed him. Jesus could talk to fish and fish obeyed him. Jesus could break loaves of bread and the bread obeyed him. Jesus could talk to demons and cast them out 
and they knew who he was and they obeyed him. Jesus could talk to the dead and resurrect them. He had supernatural God powers that the disciples had witnessed that had thrown into confusion their whole concept or understanding even of the prophesied Jewish Messiah. But they were locked into this obsession that surely when he gets to Jerusalem at some point he will exert and use his miraculous powers and Rome will be squashed. And that's why on the way to the cross, they're arguing about he will surely set up his kingdom, who gets to sit on his right hand and who gets to sit on his left. And this is something very telling. It's a warning here for every listener. I want you to listen to this. The human mind has a way of listening to only what it wants to hear. It's called wishful thinking. If I don't believe it's gonna happen, it can't happen. If it's too awful to happen, then it won't happen. And we just will put it out of our minds because it's unpleasant or, you know, we must all struggle with a tendency to hear only what we want to hear. But there is a tendency sometimes in in public ministries that, that wanna reach a broad audience of only telling kind of the fun parts or the good parts or the positive parts or almost telling the people what they want to hear. Now I want you to also note this. Note that Jesus, when he told them uh, the news, I'm going to the cross, I'm going to be beaten, mocked, rejected and crucified, immediately also told them, and on the third day that I will rise from the dead, that he is also going to be risen. And so we find that Jesus was always coupling the the crucifixion with the story of the resurrection. Jesus never foretold the cross without foretelling the resurrection. While he knew that the shame was coming and he knew that suffering of the cross was before him, at the same time, he knew that's not where it stops. It doesn't end at the cross. It doesn't certainly end in the tomb. Glory is the ultimate destination even for the Messiah, the Son of God, who will be beaten, mocked, and crucified. Glory is his future. Resurrection is in his future for all time and all of eternity. And may I say that his life is an example to be followed by every son and daughter of God. That's our future as well. We will suffer. We will have opposition. We will go through trying times. There will be difficulties and trials and temptations to go through. But on the other side, God has promised heaven. He has promised us glory. He has promised that we will share in his righteousness and his character, which we do now by faith, but we shall then both within and without. Jesus knew what the hatred of men could do, but he also knew what the power of God could do. And so it was with this last thought that I'm going to rise from the dead, I will ultimately conquer, and I will ultimately rise victorious. I will defeat Satan, I will destroy death, I will stomp the head of the serpent, and I will put away for all of eternity the sins of those as I wash them in my blood who will come and trust in me. It was in the face of ultimate victory that Jesus was able then to face in the near term the agony of the cross. And therefore he was a man who would not and could not be silenced. You remember when the resurrection happened, the first thing that the 
uh, the Jewish guys were there telling the soldiers who had been there, don't tell anybody. <laughs> don't tell anybody that Jesus had risen from the dead. And there was no way they could keep that message silent or down. And that's the story that's been ringing around the world for the last 2,000 years. Christ is risen. The number one message of the book of Acts and the early church is the resurrection of Christ. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is alive and he is coming back. That's our message. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was a true teacher of God's Word. I had found my church home with him. I just wish I'd gotten to know him before he passed. However, he taught me to love the Bible, which I am thankful for. I know that Pastor Ray is in the most glorious of places now. Pastor Ray's messages continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now look with me in this second story. And it's a very quick story, but it's a very powerful story. It says in verse 35, Then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, gave praise to God. Oh man, one thing that comes shining out of this story is the sheer determination, the insistence, the desperation, and the persistence of this blind man to catch the eye of Jesus. Now here's what's happening. Jesus is on his way, we know, to Jerusalem. He's passing through Jericho. He is going to celebrate Passover. All Jews from north, south, east, and west, not only within the borders of Israel, but outside the borders of Israel, all converge in Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. You would then have little groups of, of a couple of families leaving their little village, and then they would meet other family on the way, and larger and larger bands of people would gather together. By the time you got to Jericho, that's the last surge into the city. There would be hundreds of people maybe traveling together, and especially if there was a rabbi who himself is walking to celebrate in Jerusalem as Jesus was, it was their custom to teach as they walked along the paths outdoors, and the people crowding around and listening in to the rabbi teach. So, you know, how many would agree it'd be pretty exciting to walk with Jesus, hearing him give a Bible study in Jericho on the way to Jerusalem? You want to get as near, how many would want to be as near as you possibly could? You want to listen. He's walking. Everybody's walking. There's the noise of people walking. 
So you're trying to get in close and you want to hear. And then there are people that for a variety of reasons, the lame, the sick, the weak, the elderly, uh, that are along the road and the passers as they're being passed and who are wanting to see and hear what's going on, one of which is a blind man. And so the blind man cries out, son of David, have mercy upon me. Well, if you are one of those people walking with Jesus, the rabbi you've heard about in the miracles, and now finally he's come to your area, your place of Jericho. And they, so he, this guy starts yelling out. In verse 38, when he cried out, it's, the word is that he shouted, son of David, son of David, have mercy upon me. And if you have a Bible study that's, that you're really into and it's being interrupted, you want to say, be quiet, shh. And Jesus apparently keeps on teaching, keeps on talking, but this man keeps raising his voice. Some of the people went over and tried, they said, be quiet. We're trying to hear this rabbi teach, would you? Now, what is the blind man's response? In verse 39, it says he cried out all the more. Now, a different word is used in verse 39 about him crying out the verse 38. Verse 38 is he shouted. Verse 39, the word that is used is of a scream that is so loud and long, it's like a primal scream, like an animal that has been wounded. In other words, he is now, they told him to be quiet. Are you kidding me? This is my only chance and opportunity. Jesus of Nazareth that's healed other people. And he just, Jesus! Son of David! Nobody's gonna shut me up. I'm blind, help me! And now, Jesus had heard the guy yelling. How many other people had been yelling at Jesus along the path? But when he went to that next level, when he let it all out, as if this is my only chance for the rest of my life, and nobody will keep me quiet, and nobody will let this moment pass, they'll have to hogtie me and put socks in my mouth. I'm going to scream my head off. And when that man let it rip, from the depths of his soul and screamed in this primal way, Jesus stopped teaching the Bible study. He stopped talking. He turned away from the crowd. He found his way to where the blind man was and said, you have my full undivided attention. I'm paraphrasing. What is it that I, who am the son of David, what do you want me to do for you? I want to be able to see and Jesus touches him and he heals him. Now, I wanna to suggest to you that there is a powerful lesson for you and me. There's a couple of things that we can learn. Number one, the story tells us two things. Number one, if you are determined to meet Jesus face to face, you will. This man was not gonna let anything stop him. He refused to be silent. He refused to be restrained. His sense of need drove him relentlessly into the arms and presence of Jesus Christ. If you want a miracle, you and I must show that same kind of determination. And there's far too much in even, you know, Christian general religion that is so civilized and that is so casual and sentimental, well, I'd really like this if it's possible at all. Or I'd really like that, Lord, if you could find the time. 
Jesus is going to keep on teaching, talking, and walking down the road. But to the man or to the woman who in a primal human way screams from the depths of their soul, and, and I don't just mean the, the verbal uh, sound is only the echo of the inner depths and cry of intensity from the heart. When you are that raw and that honest with your emotions, you have just stopped heaven. You have just stopped whatever is happening before the throne. You have the undivided attention of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's going to say, what do you want me to do for you? You have just entered into miraculous faith. It is not wisdom and knowledge and some esoteric inner secrets and going through paths and levels and all the rest. It is, it is so raw that a child, that's why children are so close to the kingdom of heaven, they know how to yell and scream and get what they want, do they not? And how often do we sometimes give in to them because they're yelling their little heads off and just to quiet them, as it were. Well, how much more is our heavenly father near and close to us? The burning, passionate, intense, raw human heart will never be disappointed. May I then, and I, I do so gingerly because I don't want to overstretch this, but there is, a, there is a point of truth to it. When in this universe that God has allowed, allowed evil and suffering and pain, and we hear of things not only far away of devastation, as we've heard today, but they happen in our world, in our situation to us. What is it that God, why does God allow it? And why does God let this happen? Why was this man born blind? I believe it's because most of the time we live in the shallow places of unreality and we're faking our way through being a human being. And rarely are there moments and those times of deep, emotional, hot, raw, intense honesty with God that he so craves and so longs for. And therefore he allows circumstances to bring finally up and out of us that which he has always desired all along. Jesus said, I wish you were hot, passionate and burning, or I wish you were ice, cold, numb to me. But in that you are lukewarm, you make me sick to my stomach and I will spew you out of my mouth. That's a letter that he wrote to the church. Whatever God is allowing in our own time and generation, he is wanting us to come to him openly and honestly. The second thing and the last thing that we note is that great teaching always results in loving action. As I mentioned, Jesus stopped his Bible study to move into action. These are the times where the kingdom of God is turned into action. Heaven and earth stop and leap to the rescue of such a man or a woman who are so raw and so honest with God. Pastor Ray Bentley, helping us understand why dark valleys of crisis enter our lives and how to confront those times with faith that can't be silenced. Good encouragement today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, The Man Who Would Not Be Silenced. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.